Hello and welcome to the Monday episode of It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You with me, la la la, let me explain. As you know, Mondays are the day when we tackle a hot topic and today's topic is very hot. It's very annoying. It's a topic that really pisses me off. Today we are going to look into the social media narrative on body counts. Body counts does not refer to how many people you've murdered. In current modern times, it refers to the amount of people that you have slept with. The term in itself is awful, but I am going to continue to use the term throughout the podcast just for ease of language. I'm also going to use terms like virginity and virgin. I do not subscribe to any of these notions or terms. As you all know, men are celebrated for having high body counts and women are degraded for it. And men are made fun of for having low body counts and women are applauded for it. You can see men all over socials comparing women to cars, talking about mileage as if we're objects, as if our value is akin to a car. You will literally see men in comments justifying the idea that women should not have slept with anyone or hardly anyone, because no, nobody wants to buy a used car, do they? Why would why would you buy a car that's been ridden in by loads of different people that's got loads of mileage? Which is such a weird comparison, because I know loads of people who buy used cars, absolutely loads, but also, we're not cars. We are literal humans. I hate it. Anyway, you also can't actually defend it. So, you know, like if you are in the comments with people and they're talking about women being cars, as soon as any woman tries to defend that or or... or you know, give a counter argument, the men in the comments are there literally trying to shame us. Like, oh, look at all the women crying. Look how they're letting us know that they've got really high body counts. So it's just this system of shaming us. But, you know, it's not just obviously in social media times that people have cared about how many people women and girls have slept with. It is born out of the patriarchal oppression of women. Shaming us for having sex was born out of religion and puritanism and the patriarchy. Back when they used to marry off 12-year-olds as soon as they menstruated, you know, when the father would hand his virgin daughter to her new male keeper, the men who took charge of running things back in the day wanted to be able to fuck who they wanted without boundaries, but they didn't want us doing the same. So they created these rules and standards, and our sexuality has been negatively policed ever since. Here's a clip of a little boy man on social media talking about his views on the female body count. Every man who says they don't care about a woman's body count is either brainwashed or doesn't think multiple layers deep. As a man, you want a woman who is pure. As a man, you want a woman you know respects herself. A woman who isn't promiscuous with a bunch of different men and is willing to commit to one man. That way when she commits to you, you know that you have somebody solid to depend on rather than somebody who's going to be promiscuous with a bunch of men that isn't you. And always remember, it's okay to have standards as a man. Is it a red flag if a girl has a high body count? Now, the issue that I have is the double standard. I have nothing to say to anyone who would prefer to have a relationship with someone who's never had sex or only had sex with one or two people because that's what they themselves have done. If you are a virgin and you have had sex with one person and your views on sex are informed by your religion and you hold yourself to the same puritanical standards that you do for your partner, nobody can say anything to you. If your views are that sex devalues everyone of any gender equally, then of course I think you're wrong, but we'll agree to disagree. If you think that sex devalues women but not men, 
then we will disrespectfully disagree because you're upholding misogynistic standards that harm women. Like this guy says, they want a woman that's pure. But why does having had sex make her impure? Surely both parties need to be pure. But if your idea is that only the woman needs to be pure, where does that come from? I feel like the notion of purity in that context is really icky. It's also literally rooted in white supremacy. It is literally, if you go back to when the purity myth and purity culture began in the late 1800s, around the time of the White Slave Act, have, have a Google of all of this. And it is all about keeping white women pure. So these ideas are very, very rooted in racism as well as misogyny. And that's what makes it even sadder when, when men of colour are upholding these standards because they really harm everybody, especially women, people of colour, disabled people, homosexual people. But anyway, this idea of purity is actually really fucked up. And somebody called Larry Forney from the University of Idaho says that there are about 100 million bacteria per milliliter of vaginal secretion, but only about 10 million bacteria per milliliter of ejaculate. So shouldn't we be the ones freaking out about your impurity? Like if you had sex with someone, you have literally got hundreds of millions of their vaginal secretion bacteria all over your penis. We've got a lot less. We would only have 10 million bacteria per milliliter of ejaculate. So really, there's a lot more reason for women to be freaking out. The guy talks about the fact that a, a man wants a woman who respects herself. Why does having sex mean that a woman doesn't respect herself? You don't respect her. The man saying the comment doesn't respect her. Don't put your ideas of respectability onto other people. Having sex in relationships or outside of relationships really doesn't mean that you don't respect yourself. In many ways, it could mean you respect yourself more. You're honouring your human need for sexual pleasure. Respecting yourself has nothing to do with how many people that you have slept with. He also says he wants a woman who isn't promiscuous. And I think that most people would say that they wouldn't want to get into a relationship with someone who is currently in a promiscuous phase. Why, why, no, I wouldn't want to get with a man who's like, yeah, currently in my shagging everything that moves era. But the number of partners doesn't correlate to lifelong promiscuity and an inability to commit. People change. You might have had a period of promiscuity at 19 that doesn't define who you are at 30. And then he says at the end, this thing about men are allowed to have standards. And of course they are. They should. Men absolutely should have standards. We all should. But your standards shouldn't be double standards. Men should not have standards that they do not uphold themselves. I think the thing that annoys me the most about the body count, well, actually, there's loads of things that annoy me about the body count conversation. But the body count conversation is often discussed in these sweeping generalizations, as I said just there about the promiscuity, this idea that women who have slept with, and, and this is the other thing, is like, what is the bar? What is a low number? Is it one? Is it zero? Is it five? Is it 10? Does that change depending on her age? How, what is a low number? What is a high number? Who sets that standard? But also there is this whole idea that 
it is always born out of this real promiscuous, reckless, one night stands every night of the week type of sex, when actually that's just simply not true. Yes, you can have wild single periods of recklessness and one night stands. You could also have had all of your numbers in short relationships. You could be somebody who has been led down the path and ghosted many times. So you get involved with a guy, you really like him, things seem to be going well. The relationship moves to its natural progression place, you end up having sex, and then things fizzle out. What are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to just stay completely celibate until you find the person that you're going to marry? How are you going to find that person? That I'm, I wouldn't marry someone if I hadn't had sex with them. I wouldn't commit to a lifelong obligation of having sex with somebody who I didn't even know that we were a match. So it's interesting that people instantly put it down to promiscuity when actually it can just, you can just accrue numbers, particularly given aging, you know? And also it's really important to say that people who have been raped should never include that in their numbers, ever, ever, ever. If you've been raped, that does not count as anyone you've had sex with. You didn't choose, you were coerced. That is not ever something that you should count. But of course, this narrative is particularly harmful for victims because it drills in a belief that you're not pure, that sex with men taints you, and it increases the shame. The idea that men have been inside our bodies can make us feel that we have done something wrong, that we have something to be ashamed of, that we are dirty, that there is something that can never be taken out of us. Like as if there's these ghosts of men every time we open our legs, whistling out of our vaginas like, it's Michael, it's John. I had sex with you 10 years ago, but I'm still here. It doesn't work like that. In fact, the vagina is a self-cleaning organ much more clean than the penis, the vagina, the discharge, it keeps your pH balance straight and it will do absolutely everything it can to clean out your vagina. Penises do not stay with you long term. The idea that women who have sex are promiscuous and that promiscuity makes you unworthy to be loved feeds very heavily into rape culture. Women and girls are seen as sexually passive, that sex is done to us, that we're not really particularly interested in sex. Whereas boys are the sexual ones, the ones that want it all the time. And in real strict purity culture, the, the idea is that girls are very much to blame. It is all on girls to stay pure and to remain modest and to dress in a way that doesn't encourage sexual assault. And if we were sexually assaulted, it would be entirely our fault, not the boys, because it's natural for boys. It's the natural order for men to want sex, and it's women's total responsibility to prevent that and stop that from happening to us. Ideas about purity tell men that there are categories of women and that some of them are fair game for coercion or sexual violence because they're just impure sluts and whores anyway. They're promiscuous sluts who want it with a bunch of guys and they're happy to add to those numbers. That's the thing that fucks me off is that they are absolutely happy to add to the numbers. They desire us. They show us that there is value in our sexuality and then they judge us for the very same thing that they said that they valued and the very same thing that they also did themselves. And they have this idea that if we do it with them, then we must do it with everyone. And again, I always think, when I see these people talking about, oh, she must do it with everyone. Who is everyone? Who is everyone? What is every? Just because I have had sex with a guy that I really liked 
after dating him for a month. That doesn't mean I'm also going to have sex with the man in the shop and the man in Audi and the man who just pulled up next to me in traffic. Why do you think that having sex with one or two people or three or four or five or six means that the woman has unboundaried, unrestricted sexual desires for absolutely everyone? And why do they value themselves so low? Like, if I had sex with a man, I wouldn't immediately think, well, if he's had sex with me, then that must mean he just will have sex with anything, really. I value myself. I think I'm desirable. I think I'm lovable. I think I'm great. I think that if you want to have sex with me, that's because you want to have sex with me. It doesn't mean that you're just some horny nymphomaniac who cannot hold himself back and just wants to have sex with absolutely everyone. So to me, that that idea that because I had sex with you must mean that I'm just totally have no standards really says a lot about how they feel about themselves. And I do think it's very revealing because it shows that they have no idea that sex should be pleasurable for women. If they understood that it can feel amazing for us, then they'd understand why we want it with people that we like. But they believe that sex is for them and that we just have it to procreate. But for these kind of guys, it is all about other men. This ain't even about us. This is literally about their feelings around other men. Because if you said you'd slept with 50 women but no men, they probably wouldn't care. It is all about the ego. It is about being unable to cope with the idea that he won't match up to other people that you've been with. It's about feeling like another man has power over him because he's had you first. It's about other men thinking, I had your missus. He's more concerned about what men will think about his partner than he is about anything else. And he's also been indoctrinated to believe that women who enjoy sex are crazy, wild, traumatised cheaters, harlots, sluts and whores. And he can't be seen dating one of those by the rest of the men. And actually some of them admit that it's about insecurity. But often those insecurities are based on completely unfounded, totally nonsense stuff. Here's a clip of somebody telling you about the things that he's insecure about when it comes to women's body counts. I'm insecure about getting herpes. I admit it. I'm insecure about not wanting to get an STD. I'm insecure. You could get herpes from a virgin. You could get herpes from kissing your nan. The herpes virus is very common. You could get herpes from somebody who has never had sex. You could get an STI from someone who has slept with one person. You could also communicate with your partners and have safe sex to prevent the likelihood of herpes and other STIs. This is really not an insecurity that is rational because there is such a risk of catching herpes or any other STI, even for people who have zero sexual numbers or very, very low. Hi guys, it's me and I'm here to tell you about another Sony Music Entertainment podcast. Now I know you all like to have a deeper look and get under the skin of a subject, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me deconstructing hot topics and getting into the nitty gritty with all your dating dilemmas. So I think you're going to love getting curious with the fabulous Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. Every week they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> some peasant Coke? No. 
Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? No. Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. I'm insecure because she's probably fried her brain and she's no longer able to pair bond after having 50 previous sexual partners. I totally agree with I'm insecure you. about all these things. I, I admit it. You know what? So in answer to this about the but she's fried her brain and can no longer pair bond. I really actually just want to read you a caption that I once wrote, which was based off somebody talking about women's body counts and saying that women release large quantities of oxytocin during sex. Oxytocin is unofficially called the love hormone, and that's why a woman's body count matters, because it emotionally bonds you with your partner. And pair bonding loses its meaning when you've been bonded with several men. So loads of people in the red pill manosphere talk about this pair bonding study that apparently proves that women who've slept with lots of people totally lose the ability to pair bond and can no longer have effective relationships. And this is just absolute nonsense. Everyone releases oxytocin during sex. In females, oxytocin triggers labour and the release of breast milk. In males, it helps move sperm along. It's also called the love or cuddle hormone because it aids in feelings of low stress, comfort and attachment to others in all genders. Oxytocin is also released when getting a massage, eating chocolate and stroking a dog. Yet somehow, women have managed to not become obsessed with every masseuse they've ever met. Most of us haven't married a dairy milk or started stalking every dog that we've ever petted. Oxytocin doesn't automatically make you feel in love or feel bonded to the person that you've just had sex with because humans are complex and we don't just act on hormones. We're influenced by environment, psychology and cultural factors too. It is such a fucking myth that pair bonding has anything to do with humans. I read this article in Medium, I believe it was, that said that human beings occasionally form what appear to be lifelong pair bonds. However, true lifelong pair bonding in humans is very rare and we practice serial monogamy. We usually form relationships, break up and then form subsequent new relationships. The studies that the misogynists keep referring to are about prairie voles. Prairie voles form lifelong pair bonds. Humans do not. There is absolutely no evidence that sleeping with several people has any impact on a woman's ability to form bonds. And you know what? Interestingly, a 2023 study has even said that prairie voles don't do this pair bonding shit. So nobody does this pair bonding shit, including little hamsters. So I don't understand why it's constantly being applied to women as some factual reason why having sex affects us, because it is literally not true. However, on that note, a study in the Journal of Sex Research in 2005 found that men with unrestricted sexual orientation, which basically means a willingness to engage in sex outside relationships, was linked to higher levels of rape myth acceptance, adversarial sexual beliefs, conservative attitudes towards women, higher levels of power motivation, lower levels of desire to seek emotional connection, and past sexual aggression. So basically, this study shows that men who are, have higher body count numbers 
are more likely to be dangerous to us, are more likely to have sexual aggression, coercive sex, levels of power, motivation, and engaging in rape myth acceptance. So we should be the ones fearing promiscuous men. Studies show that they are more likely to show traits that are textbook toxic relationship shit if they have a casual history. So really, shouldn't it be the other way around? Shouldn't women all be saying, oh, men with a high body count are potentially really dangerous to us? And I actually really do want to be clear that I'm not sitting here promoting the idea that everybody should be going out and having casual sex. Casual sex can be good for women. Lots of women have it and enjoy it and have a really great time. But actually, there's lots of ways in which we do get the short straw when it comes to sex at all, but certainly casual sex. The orgasm gap for women means that we might be going into one night stands or hookups with a very low likelihood of even achieving orgasm, sometimes very low chance of even having any pleasure. There's also a higher risk for us. You know, for men, they can kind of go in and walk away from any of the real negative potentials. For us, obviously, aside from STIs, there is the real risk of unwanted pregnancy. Even if you've been safe, even if you're on the pill, even if you've used condoms, shit can happen. And it would always be us that is left with the burden of having to deal with an unwanted pregnancy and the physical and emotional shit that we would have to go through as a result of that. So there is a lot more tied up in sex uh, and casual sex for women. I'm not promoting it as something that all women should be doing. I'm promoting it as something that nobody of any gender should ever be judged or deemed impure or negative for having engaged in or wanting to do it in their lives. So yeah, unless a man has also lived a puritanical lifestyle, then his standard being a low body count is undoubtedly born out of misogyny, the Madonna whore complex and his desperate fear of other men and his need for validation from them. And honestly, dating men like that is not fun. Dating men who really don't like women that much and who value pure, innocent women is not good. And it's also slightly creepy, especially if they're over 30. A man who'd rather a girl than a more wise and experienced woman is a man who has got some shit to deal with. He's got some therapy to have. He quite clearly wants control. To idolise the traits of a girl, of a child, instead of a woman? Not good. How many people you've slept with does not matter. You might have slept with one person who deeply traumatized you and you might have slept with 30 people and had really positive experiences. And as I said in my last podcast, if they didn't make you come, they don't actually count. And quite frankly, the numbers are none of anyone's business. When people ask that body count question in relationships, it is very commonly used to abuse us. Many women have been asked that question. So how many people have you slept with? And actually men have framed it like, I don't care. Like, we're we're all adults. Like, how many people have you slept with? And then the information that she gives, whatever number she gives, will be used as a weapon against her for the rest of the relationship. It is very commonly used to degrade women. It is very commonly used as something to justify jealousy and control. After you've told a man that number, what often happens is that he will start behaving differently he will start being like well I don't want you to go out because I know what you're like well you've slept with 20 people or that kind of narrative it is very commonly used to degrade us and that is why we absolutely have to rebuke any notion that body counts are damaging or nasty or disgusting we must never ever feed 
into that narrative. And there's millions and millions of women in happy marriages and relationships who had a wild time before falling in love. I know lots of women who had a fucking great ride around the rodeo and are now settled in extremely long-lasting, happy relationships with good men who know about their histories. There are people who met at sex parties. There are men who could not give a shit about body count. So do not internalize the message. And if you ever hear anyone say that a key that can open many locks is the master key, but a lock that can be opened by many keys is a faulty lock. This is the the, the phrase that they love to use to prove to us why, why it's okay for a penis to fuck loads, but not a vagina. Firstly, tell them that your vagina is not a lock on a door. But also tell them that a Q-tip that has cleaned many ears is a filthy Q-tip. But an ear that has been cleaned by many Q-tips is a clean ear. And don't ever let them clean your ears because they will judge you for it. And that's enough of my dulcet tones for another Monday. I will be back on Wednesday doing my Agony Aunt thing. And then on Friday, making my Instagram come alive with icks and all sorts. So I'll see you again very soon. La la la, let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production. <laughs> <laughs>